What up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Let Us Sip. This is your girl, Brittany. It's your girl, Kaylani. Sophie, Sophie, here again, right here. Why, why you guys keep bringing me back to this, man? I'm just here again. <laughs> <laughs> you like your hair. You like your hair. Well, look, we are all back together again, finally. United, and it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually missed our um, one-year anniversary. October 10th, we shot our first episode. So we've been doing this thing for a whole year. Five. Yes. Look, oh. look at you guys. You guys are just coming up in the world without me. Look at you. What are you talking about? We're going to learn so much about each other this one whole year. Right. We're going to work on this. Yes. We're a trio. Together. You don't even know. Mm-hmm. We know what we've been through. Right? We got, we've been through trials and tribulations, but we are still what, Trophy? Yeah. And we feel so good. <laughs> That's all we got. Let's do, a, <laughs> let's do a quick catch up. Okay, how you how you been? How was your week? My week was very very um life changing and eventful. <laughs> um, I will explain another reason why I wasn't here last week. But listen, God is amazing, and listen, if y'all know what I've been through. You will be smiling because God is great. What about y'all? Mom life. Ain't should change. We're getting ready. We're going to do a little Halloween party for the kid because more than likely we are not going to go trick-or-treating due to COVID. So we're going to have a little family Halloween party. So we're just decorating and getting ready for that. Yay. What about you, Sophie? Uh, week by week, man. That's all I've been doing. It's week by week. <laughs> understandable. Understandable. Well, we have a guest this week, Miss Nellie. Say what's up to the people, Miss Nellie. What's up to the people? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we like to start the show off with a shot. So everybody get your glasses. Let's raise your glasses up. We're going to go ahead and take a shot. (laughs) All right, y'all. So today's beauty tip today. How to make the perfect cat eye. Mm. Okay. Wing tips. That's a lot. Wing tips for the people that don't know. Wing tips, right? Right. My right always be good. My left be wrong. (laughs) Yes. So the first thing, if y'all do not have it in your house, is scotch tape. Get comfortable with that scotch tape because once you get the angle going, you want to go against the line. And once you connect that wing eye, honey, when you snatch that scotch tape off, you be ready to slash, dice, and slice somebody. <laughs> like <laughs> It's casket sharp? Yeah, it's casket sharp. You want that casket sharp? Get that scotch tape, y'all. Get that scotch tape. Right. Well, thank you for that tip. You will. I'm going to let you do it on me because I'm not that brave yet. So we'll go ahead and jump into the sip of the week. Um, if you guys haven't heard our shows, your first time listening, every week we pick a word. And when we say that word, what we, we need y'all to do, ladies? Sip it. Sip, sip it up. So this week's sip of the week is going to be the word titties. So throughout the show, we're going to say the word titty. 
And once you hear that word, pick up your cup and drink what's in it. So let's go ahead and practice, y'all. Titty, titty, titties. So, Miss Nelly, how you feeling today? I'm blessed. Great, great. You want to you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and why we're here today? Well, I, I guess we're here because we're celebrating the uh, well, just say celebrating breast cancer uh, breast awareness. Cancer awareness. awareness. And um cancer itself with breast cancer and cancer awareness. I should say that. Yes. Because you're dealing with more than one form of cancer. That seems like it's uh uh, hitting a lot of women and men. Yep. 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 Men because get men get breast cancer too. Can't forget right. that. Yes, mm-hmm. they can. Right. Well, we're happy that you're here to share your story with us. I'm happy I am here to share my story. I, I got breast cancer when I was 49. Mm-hmm. And um, it was stage two breast cancer, which I was very lucky because I had a good. Uh, breast doctor mm-hmm. and um she was my gyn doctor but she was also a specialist in breast care breast cancer and it was ann rogers and she was a doctor at roseville hospital new york city and now she is the big wing at pennsylvania state medical center in georgia women with breast cancer so um she was my doctor and she was one of these doctors who talked to you. That's very important. You got to have a doctor who talks to you and express your needs, your, your, uh, uh, what you're fearful of, or what, you know, how your body is. That's very important that she has to be in tune with what your body is. Because mm-hmm. a lot of doctors aren't. They just tell you, yeah, you're all right, and you're out the front door. And that's it. So, um, I went for, I kept missing my appointment for my yearly mammogram. And she called me up and said, hey, you haven't came in for your mammogram. A lot of doctors don't do that. I had a fire that year. So my, I was busy getting my house together. Then to be thinking about my breasts, I went to finally said, let me go because she's going to keep calling me. And I showed up, went for it. When I know she told me, she said, I see something. I just want you to wait. And I said, what is this? Next minute, they called me back in, told me they wanted to do a little biopsy, asked me did I feel anything on my breath. I said, not when I shower. I don't feel nothing because women got to be aware that sometimes you feel it, it's there, and sometimes you still feel it, and it's not there. Mm-hmm. So you have to, don't always be looking for that nodule on the breast. You got to go for your mammogram, and then it shows up. And that's when they do the sonogram and they test that, take the, do that biopsy. And that biopsy is the one that tells you whether or not that tissue is, has cancer. And she wanted me to come back so they could do surgery. And that's when the whole thing began with my decision. I had to study what I was going to do. Was I was going to just do partial of the breast or I was going to remove the breast. And I figured to save myself and make sure that I don't have, all that cancer is gone, I said, I'll do the full mastectomy. Mm-hmm. And when I did the mastectomy, she told me to look up other things to see how I wanted to do reconstruction. 
I said, reconstruction, I was just going to leave it. <laughs> just be alive. <laughs> make my own bra, that's all. <laughs> so I, I didn't think about all that other stuff. So then I, I thought about it. And I, at the time, they called it trans flap, where they, you take part of a muscle from your system, from the body, and you push it under the skin and you form it into the shape of what the muscle they pull out. Mm. And it forms into the tissue of a breast. And then later on, they do surgery to do the nipple and everything else. But the thing is, is that when I went in for surgery, I had the the, the, the breast removed, but I also went had the, the reconstruction at the same time. 10 hours of surgery. Wow, wow. And 10 hours of surgery. And um and while I was there, they said, well, you know, you got fibroids. We those need to come out. So they did the fibroids remove also. Oh wow. So that was an additional eleven hours. So I figured I just won't do everything, get it over with. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Right. So I was in the hospital for a long time because I had to learn how to walk, use those muscles again. Uh and um, use the muscle of my arm and everything because they had to take everything out of all my lip notes. They had to take all of them out. So uh, how did so, that mess with you mentally, being in that state? Well, that's what I'm going to get to right now. When you're going through this process, the best thing for you to do is to find a group where other women who went through, went through or about to go through the thing you went through to talk with. Yeah. Because... A lot of this, I did not know how I was going to feel afterwards mm -hmm. as a woman. You know, it's a, we're a very feminine thing about ourselves with women. You know, how you look, how this is, and are you going to be attractive so you'll be able to get a boo out there, you know. <laughs> and I was a single parent, you know, I worried about all of that. Right, naturally. You know, even though I got a boo. Yeah. <laughs> So I didn't have to worry about it, you know, so I must be looked too good, too. <laughs> but the thing is that you should find a, 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 a good group. And I found two groups that were very helpful to me. The first one was the Red Door. Gilda Raddy started it, the comedian. She used to be on Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. She started a, 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 a club called the Gilda's Club. You came there if you to that club if you were going to have cancer, if you were going to have surgery, or if you were in cancer, getting ready to be treated for cancer or something, anything with cancer, they told you how to eat, how to, how the medication affect you. They had all these guest people that come and talk, and they had rooms where you could go and have therapy and art and all these different things. They had yoga classes. They had chicken. They had music. They had uh Dung, which I was into for a long time with the sound of the music vibrating mm -hmm. is something to you to relax, you know? Yeah, so, I'm gone. Yeah, but anyway, I had that. It was all these things uh, that I, I, I found, all these cancer clubs they have that are available. Uh, YMCA have a great program, too, mm -hmm. uh, that they, um, they have different activities for women and men with, with cancer that can join. Because at Gilda's Club, just not the, 
women went, there was also people who lost loved ones who were there. Right, so it's like a support um, group. Yes, it was a support group. And it was a family support group. You didn't come by yourself. You Mm. came with your family. I had my sisters come to do yoga with me. I had my daughters come to do yoga with me. I had my niece come to do yoga with me. (laughs) Wow. Come to classes. Yeah, I mean, all these different things. Hmm? Did you have to do um, treatment or chemo? Oh, yes. Yeah, I did that. I always hate the part. <laughs> they call the red devil <laughs> the chemo I was on. Took out all my hair, <laughs> took my skin color away. Okay. My, how uh, long how long did you have to do treatment? Four doses I had. Four they call it four valves. So four valves you have to go to. So I went through it for about three two two months. Oh, I know okay. I remember it because the day of my last treatment was nine eleven. Oh wow! So, the, on my way there, the 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 second building was hit, and uh, they, they shut the subway down, so I couldn't get to um to to uh, my appointment. Wow! So I had to walk over the bridge to get back home, the 59th Street Bridge to get home. Wow! Yeah. Uh, so I every time 9/11, they they talk about that. I remember that, and uh, but I finished it, and uh, I was finished with that, and. I, that was an experience because I refused to put a portal in. I wanted to do a portal and I would not do a portal. I wanted to do it by injections. And I messed up, messed up my veins, but I never regret doing it that way because um, I felt that I got the dosage better in the body. What does that feel like? Yeah, what does it feel like um, enduring radiation? Not radiation. Radiation burns you. Chemo okay. is intravenously. They put that and and uh, they put it with uh, water and that together to go to the system. It's uncomfortable. Uh, it takes your energy away. You're weak. I mean, I went in and out. The, I, my whole uh, digestive system sh- uh, uh, shut down. Um, I went into um, my stomach wasn't operating, couldn't operate the way it digests food. So I wind up just bringing up food. Mm-hmm. I had to go back into the hospital. I caught infection while I was there. And Sophie and my daughter, they came to visit me every day. <laughs> she wasn't alone. Yeah, they, they, yeah I, my family was a great support. My sisters were support. My children were good support. Amazing. You know, so I I was blessed for that reason, and I'm I'm still blessed because it has to come back. Good, yeah. Um, you know, I made the decision that they wanted to do both breasts, and my doctor said I didn't have to do both breasts; I could do one. I regret that till today because every if I did both breasts, I wouldn't have to go back up down so much to worry about the other breasts. <laughs> Well, I always say that for women today, you guys, your new generation of you guys, you've got it much more better than I had it because there's more medication, much more. Better. I mean, they got surgery now, reconstruction, where they don't even, they, they lift up the skin and, and put a, a whole mo- a, a mold they make for your breast where you don't even have to do what I had to do. Yeah. I mean, 
Hey, you guys got so, I mean, so many things available for you health-wise that uh, that they catch up with it ahead of time. Yeah, you know, they have the genetic testing now. If you have family and the people in the family have cancer, you mm -hmm. have to be able to, to to trace from the time you're whoever you're on your mother's side, your father's side, whoever had cancer, so that this way you can take the BRCA test. And the BRCA test will tell you whether or not the future you're going to have, uh, your children are going to have breast cancer or whatever, or ovarian cancer or whatever. They did have they, all of that. Did they discuss with you, because I know you said you were 49 when you were diagnosed, but did they discuss anything with you like about your eggs and if you wanted to possibly expand your family? Well, that's the thing. I had a girlfriend who was younger than me and she got breast cancer and um, she didn't have any children mm -hmm. and they had discussed that with her. I had two daughters, mm -hmm. so I had already had got had two children, mm -hmm. but they did tell me, well, were you thinking about having more children down the road? I said, no. <laughs> so, but she wanted to reserve her eggs and they did. They reserved I think two of her eggs, um, which uh, she used later on. She had a little girl oh, cool. uh, from it. But uh, yeah, some women, they reserve eggs and they never use them. Right. You right. know, because they never, they never meet anybody that's going to be partner with them on having children. So. so I wanted to go back a little bit. Um, when you found out that you were diagnosed with stage two breast cancer, do you remember like what went through your mind when you first heard the doctor? Yeah, I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was gonna die. I broke down crying like crazy. I said, I'm dead. Oh. I'm gonna leave my kids. I'm dead. And my sister, my younger sister, she was here. She would tell you she was dead, lived next door to me. At the time, I went crazy. I was like, oh, I'm going to die. What am I going to do with these kids? Blah, blah, blah. They're going to have a mother. Mm -hmm. And uh, my doctor said, no, Dully. And my mother was so upset. My mother went to sit down with the doctor and say, now, you tell me the truth. <laughs> tell me if my daughter going to live or die now. I want to know. Don't fool around at this table. And she said, I'm telling you, Blades, she said, Miss Blades, I this is the junior to the senior. <laughs> she said, So I talk smack about my grandmother Nellie the senior. This is uh -huh. because she said that like they had a, a whole bunch of kids. And she already had a child as far as the son aspect of it that was named after my grandfather. She said, uh-uh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna need one too. <laughs> I need somebody to have my name too. So this is the junior to the senior. Oh, that's little Nelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little Nelly. She said that. She said, "Hold on, you got already got a James Charles. We we got that. <laughs> right? Now I need somebody to hold out my name. <laughs> yes, who gonna have my name?" <laughs> So she was in there fighting, like, uh-uh, I need to know what I need to do, what I need to prepare for. That's right. We're going we to get my baby together. <laughs> the doctor was so, so nervous. She said, my sister said, she said, oh, I like Nelly. <laughs> you know, we talk so much. We have conversations. I'm not going to let anything happen to Nelly. <laughs> she want no smoke. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, this one. When I was in the hospital, she came up there. She was off, and she usually have her assistant come up and see me. But she came in to to the hospital on a Saturday with her two boys, mm. her two sons, and introduced me to her two wow. sons because she that wanted me to know that she was um she's there for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, Doctor Rogers, you supposed to be off today. What you doing here? Don't you get some rest? She said, Oh, I want you to meet my son. And I came. And she said, I want to see how you feel with this. I want to see. It. I said, I'm good. Aww. I'm good. But she was there. She was there. So when you important, her team was good. She had a team. Uh-huh. And you had the social worker. You had the the nurse, the the oncology nurse. Because the oncology nurse, she talked to you about. You're gonna be injected with this. They gotta give you this, you know. You gotta have your team. You gotta know a team that's there for you. The phone number they give you, who you need to contact, mm-hmm. when anything, or who's gonna call you for this or that. I even had a nurse on Saturday. I had to have injections every night, morning, and every morning that nurse came at eight o'clock to give me those injections. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a good team that's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people, when people, women today, when they get sick, I said, who's your team? Yeah. And when they said, what team? I didn't see a team. I said, listen, you got to find out who is there that's going to be there. I don't care if you're a man or a woman and you're in the hospital for cancer. Your doctor has to have a team. Right. Yes. For anything that you need, your needs are. Right. Because if the doctor, doctor who's the follow-up? That's right. Who's, who's his resident? Who's his nurse? You got to know who's who That's exactly. Right. In the, on, they have that whole oncology section for that. See, yeah. the one thing that I hate is like, you know, they feel like, you know, black women are strong and we can just deal with things and they don't really take time to treat us like how they would treat a regular old white woman. If we have pain, well, like, I don't know. Okay. I was in those groups. I tell you, those white women ain't know nothing. Mm. It was me telling them what they should have. Mm-hmm. Well, I think really it's the way you approach a doctor mm-hmm. and how the doctor look at you. Because some doctors today, I mean, I have friends who had were in stage four terminal cancer, and they were going up and down to their doctor, and the doctor was saying, "Don't pay attention to that. That's nothing." What? Well, you can tell me you got a, a cyst on my breast and it ain't nothing. Right. If you, you know, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to the needs for yourself and you have to be there to ask the questions that you need to know. And if a doctor's no good, don't feel that you have to stay with him or mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Take yourself up from that chair and I'm gonna give you this advice. Go mm-hmm. and find yourself another doctor because they got a good, lot of good doctors out there. I can definitely relate because um, I'm only 28. I'm the youngest in the podcast. (laughs) Um, But this year I was actually diagnosed with cancer myself. um, And that's why I missed last week's episode because I had surgery to get um, my margin cells removed. And it's just so crazy because when you say like, who's your circle? You know, it's very important to know exactly and not really to, you know, go through it in silence. And a lot of, you know, black women, I've realized um, that we do that. 
because we always got to worry about, you know, where we got to be and this and that and this and that. And then when, you know, when you have a doctor's appointment and your doctor is just saying you down and saying you have cancer, none of all of that stuff even matters anymore. Because now you have to realize, like, I have to fight for myself. Yes. It's very, very important to fight for yourself. And I don't even have any children, but I, but I know that I want children. So I was like, I need to fight for not only Kehlani, but I need to fight for my future as well. And, you know, and the second and you need I found... to find out where your markers are, too. You need to find out... Yeah. So I had surgery... <laughs> I had surgery two days ago. Nobody would have never have known if you would have seen me that I had surgery two days ago. Um, I went to NYU um, Prometal Cancer Center um, where they did an incision um, to remove the remainder of the cancer. So, you know, uh, by the grace of God, if they say it's negative, you know, we really going to turn up and party, party. Um, but, you know, just, just bringing awareness for cancer in general, especially for women going to the GYN, it's very important to do your past every year, not once every three years. And because they have to look at your history to see if it's, not, if it's never been nothing abnormal, because I've never had anything abnormal, um, by the grace of God, they was able to find it at stage one on my yes. cervix, though. Yes. So cervical, breast cancer, a lot of those cancers, like if you don't go to the doctor regularly, they you will not know until sometime it's too late. And, and those, um, are, those, are, those yes. are just like breast cancer. Yes. So it's very important to have you know, doctors that's very experienced. Like I was blessed to have doctors that was doing this for over 20 years. So my mama did the same thing that your mother did. Like, listen, cut the shit. <laughs> she was like, listen, she's only 28. Is she, what is it? What stage is it? Is she really going to be here or just sugarcoating? And she was like, if I'm not worried, you shouldn't be worried. And she said, sometimes I do get worried. She was mm -hmm. like, but in this case, we are not worried. And we're going to do whatever we got to do. And we're going, you know, attack it. So pretty much like what they did. I just love the fact that, you know, Black women in general, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to be in tune with our body. And even if we don't feel like something is right, our spirit, because my spirit was kind of giving me hints. Like, I don't think, even though the doctor was saying, no, I think it's precancerous cells, so we shouldn't, you know, it's nothing to really worry about. In the back of my spirit, I was worried. But I know you can't pray and be worried at the same time. I was like, let me just do the extra testing anyway. And truth be told, go for it. You yeah. got to not wait for them to go for it. Yeah. And I was diagnosed the same day that Sophie lost her dad. We're gonna, I yeah. tell you, we're just, we just going to remove nine, ten out of this whole year. Yeah, we're going to get it out of there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be next year. It's going to be. September 9th, September 11th. It's no nine ten. Can we skip eleven too? I mean, listen, I wasn't. I get it. But eleven was touch and go. <laughs> <laughs> eleven. Titties, 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 titties. Everybody titties, drink. Titties, titties. <laughs> I had a drink. Drink, 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 drink. Well, it's good that you you having this program because it's and, and you know you shouldn't wait 
Cancer Awareness Month to talk about cancer. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's 2424. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we say, hey, by the way, this month, you know, anybody cancer free? We anybody I, yeah, we lost the cousin to colon cancer. He he was fighting for about five years. He was diagnosed in stage three. And, you know, he went through his chemo treatments. He rang the bell. He was fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, it started to kick back up. And he lost his battle last year in November with it. Um, I have older aunts that died of breast cancer and stuff like that. So it's like you said, it's in your face all day, every day. Don't go nowhere just because it's October and this is, you know, normally people go and do the breast cancer walk, but you know, there's still children suffering. A lot of people are, and it's just like the, the cancer turned into the new age. And I'll tell you another thing too, with all the medication that you be on and the treatment, sometimes what happens is it makes you have an effect with the heart, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I'm scared to death for all of that. I don't trust no medicine. Um, hopefully I don't never have to go down this route, but I'm like really with the holistic stuff, like medicine, I don't know what it is, but it scares the hell out of me. <laughs> My grandfather has two hospitals in Virginia that's, um, doing study on him because he was diagnosed with prostate cancer 17 years ago. And when he was diagnosed 17 years ago, the doctor pretty much told him that he only has less than a year to live unless he does chemo. He has never done chemo. At 76 now, he just started doing like the injection because they found it, you know, it's starting to spread like into his bone. But yeah. because he has never done chemo, he truly feels like, you know, he does turmeric every day. He, he does not do any type of chemo and he truly feels like that's the reason why he survived for so long, you know, nonetheless, you know, he battled it. He doesn't have any pain. If you would say, hey, his voice over the phone, you wouldn't even know his sick. story at all. And the doctors, they keep asking him, like, are you in pain? He's like, no, I'm not. He's like, do you want me to be in pain? Like, I don't get it. He's like, I'm not, you know? And he truly feel like, for one, it's God. You know, he truly feel like, you know, God is his oxygen. But um, it's just so scary yeah. how some people, they survive and they thrive. And then you watch other people just it's fade away. away. Yeah. And I've had friends, you know, one of my close friends, she was diagnosed with breast cancer um, at 24. Um, thank God she survived it as well. She had to do reconstruction as well. Um, we always celebrate, you know, her survival every year because that is her new birthday. Mm -hmm. Like October 13th is my new birthday, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, and we still, we still mm -hmm. canceling nine ten. We still, <laughs> still canceling it, you know. That's on the docket. We're gonna put it on the docket. <laughs> <laughs> next, next it's day. all right to have two birthdays. It's fine. Yeah, you celebrate as much as you want. As, as long as you're here. Yes. I said, listen, when you got that fight of warrior spirits, like, listen, I refuse. Okay. Exactly. And especially yeah. in the, when you have, you go to the doctor and I was only going just to make sure I was healed and, you know, 
everything was normal. You know, everything was normal, you know? And then it's just like something's wrong with your body. So the second you hear that, it's like, okay, who do I call? What's the number? What mm-hmm. do I do? You know, thank God I worked for NYU as well. But not only because I was an employee, you know, because of my age and everything else, you know, they was kind of moving with urgency. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, you know, blessed with that because it's the weight alone, you know, especially due to COVID. This is not the time to, to be sick. diagnosed and begin <laughs> sick with COVID. Yeah. And I've been dodging COVID pretty much since February, working inside the doctor's office. Yeah. But to go regularly, like, you know, it's my lunch break. And that's kind of like what we do. Uh, it's my lunch break. Let me go to my doctor's you know, appointment real quick in the building. And that's pretty much what I was doing to my GYN, Dr. Matamala. Um, she's amazing. Just just to get a regular doctor's appointment and, you know, be diagnosed with, you know, cancer, not even knowing, okay, you got to see an oncologist to even know what stage you're at. That's right. That's right. Okay, so that right there, that mentality, even now, like, I'm shooken up and it's only been like three months. I don't know how long I've had it, but just to be told like, you know, back to back to back and the third month have it removed, it still kind of does something psychologically to you because it's like, okay, I, you know, I survived it fast, but still processing everything that you had it or could possibly have it or Mm -hmm. um, knowing that, you know, things could not have always went right. It could have went left. Mm-hmm. That's why I but wanted with God's grace, you know. That's why I wanted to ask her as far as like when you went through chemo. I know you said like your hair started to fall out. How did you feel? Oh, my hair just didn't fall out. <laughs> it fell out in stages, you know. I had a real cute little pixie haircut, and uh, I used to love wearing that pixie haircut. And uh, so it didn't come out right away. It was like it, a lot of people's hair I knew. My girl's hair was real long. She was in a group with me, and she told me she got up in the morning and the hair was still in the back on the pillow, and she she was up and her hair oh. was gone. Oh man! So uh, I mean, I heard different stories. I hear one girl tell me she was in the car and she put her head in the back of the car. We'd be laughing about it though, you know. Mm-hmm. And you got to, to. No. <laughs> when she moved up, the, her hair was in the back, back all the back of her hair. It was hair on was, the seat? <laughs> on the headrest. Oh. She had a cap on, like, yeah, you got a cap on? Uh-huh. And the store took a cap off and the hair came off. Everybody oh, was, Lord. Oh. Titty, titty, titty. But mine was funny because I was in the, the restaurant. Me and my daughter, we were having breakfast in the restaurant before my... I went in for my, my, my second dose of chemo and we was like eating breakfast and I put my head down and the hair fell right in the food. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, they say sometimes as soon as you start chemo, that's, that's what basically starts, you know, your hair to fall out. And it's so harsh on the body. It's harder than the damn disease. She told me, she said, Nelly, the best thing to do is shave it off. Mm-hmm. Because you gotta drop off one piece at a time, and you don't want that. So she said, just shave it off. So I sat there, and she just took the shaver and she cut it down, cut it down short, shorter, and then she just shaved it off one piece at a time. And what I mean, did that do? What did that do to you? Because I'm like, you know, a woman's hair is their crown, even if it's short, long. You know that that's what 
is a part of our fem- femininity. I mean, like really funny. It felt really funny at mm-hmm. first, but then I started looking through these books. And excuse me. And I saw these beautiful black sisters with their hair bald and airy, these big beautiful earrings on it, their mm-hmm. eyes made up in makeup. Mm-hmm. And um, they invited me to. Um, I think it was Revlon. Revlon invited us to this uh, uh, thing where they wanted to celebrate women of mm-hmm. their, of their ethnic, ethnicity, of how they look beautiful, even though they go uh, yeah. through that. And I mean, they dressed us all up and everything. And um, and my hair was just growing back in a little bit then. But I, I looked at myself, I said, gee, I really look fly. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> I look good like that because you don't really, nobody really sees yourself. Nobody sees yourself the way other people see you. And mm-hmm. they pick you up like that. That's the way they see you look. And uh, it was beautiful. They took big pictures of us. They hanged us up and they had this whole thing with, um, Celebrating women with cancer, they called it. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, you know, they gave me my picture though too. Uh, <laughs> I was, it was. I, I would have stole it if they didn't give me. <laughs> <laughs> give me that goddamn picture. <laughs> that, was, that picture, yeah, I was fly with that picture. <laughs> I, 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 that picture's mine, you know. <laughs> but um. You know, you 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 feel like you're losing everything. You know, you're losing everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I would uh, I wouldn't come to the door. Somebody give the door. I put my hand. And yes, you know. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know. Oh, I said. Oh, I, I I can't come now unless I put on my wig and stuff. Right, and it's not about being vain. It's just like you can't really wrap your mind around it. Let me tell you something about cancer care. Cancer care, they take care of you. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Cancer care. Go to cancer care. You hear me? They will take care of you. They will, anything you need, they will get you. I mean, I used to get sick after my treatment. They used to get a limo to bring me home. Mm. Wow. They will take cancer care. You Cancer care is, and I didn't know a lady told me, she said, Deli, go to cancer care. You know, you they'll, they'll help you with all these things that you're talking about with yourself. And I went there, and they, they, they really came through. They come through for people with cancer because you're going through so many things that you can't deal with it, and they mm-hmm. will have people to help you with it. They have counselors there that will work with you to help you. So these these organizations that you hear about that are there for people, they tell you donate money, and I do donate my little money to them because they donate money uh, to all the cancer groups. And I mean, when you look down on the line, you just look and you see the cancer organization. Right. You know, okay. it's for cancer. They got cancer groups for women for ovarian. Mm-hmm. They got cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they have them in the age groups. So don't think that you, because uh, you're young, because like I told you, I have was diagnosed at 49. Right. But every time I went to my group, those girls were getting young and young. It was a girl in there, 22. Her insurance wouldn't cover her for getting a mammogram. Because they said she was too young and her breast wasn't ready for mammograms. And her mother had to fight like hell for her to get a mammogram so they could see where this tumor was. Mm-hmm. And finally they did it. They had, their mother had to pay for it, but they had to reimburse her mother. And there was a big ass tumor at stage three. 
Wow. You for life. See, okay. and then that's some bullshit with the insurance companies. That's another way that they try to classify you and fuck you up in the world. Because if I have, like, I used to have 1199 insurance. If my eyeball fell out today and tomorrow, I get a brand spanking new one, just like that. No copay. Yeah. But then you'll have somebody that's on like Medicaid or they may have insurance through their job and you get discriminated on the type of insurance that you got, the type of care that you have. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you don't even get a doctor that will even listen to you because they're looking at what type of health care you got. And that's, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I'm still a human. I still have people who care about me. And regardless of what this insurance say, man, fuck that bill. Somebody's going to pay it. Mm-hmm. But you have to, you have to, as being, you have to press that envelope and being that I work for health insurance, mm-hmm. it'd be like, and they're like, huh, I'm underneath this age. And you know, for this country, they have it a certain age. You're supposed to do this and this and this. But if it is that I feel something's going on, this whatever. Yeah. You, you need to look at this. I don't have to be 40 I, because the, the thing is, for now, is 40 is like a baseline at 35 for another part of the movie. Yeah, they're but trying to say that. And, and even for colon cancer. I'm at 28 two weeks ago. I'm on the phone with my insurance just to find out how much would they cover to see if I was to consider getting my eggs frozen. You know, and at first they would say, oh, based on your age, um, it's a possibility we may not cover it. But once the doctor sends the notes, then we'll cover up to, I think, 80%. They, they will cover everything, but you have to be that insurance company. You got to be on a back, your doctor, especially yeah. because yeah, all, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. all it is That's that we do is pay the bills for health insurance. That's the but key. Your doctor, That's why you got to have a good your doctor. Your doctor has to uh-huh. be on because with me dealing with health insurance, I don't call it over the places myself. Like, hold on. This lady said that she don't feel something right that's going on. Mm-hmm. What, what, like, where's the doctor at? You didn't send right. over no the options because each insurance company has a list of stuff it is they cover. They have a, a you can get something like the genetic testing that's not on the list, but you have to be on your doctor's heels. Like, bruh, let mm-hmm. me tell you what it is that I need. You guys need to send that over to the insurance company. Insurance company don't do, do nothing but pay your mm-hmm. doctor is the one that's responsible for whatever that's outside of the norm. For it to get a point. But that's again, there go again, what I'm going back to saying from the beginning. That's your team. Mm-hmm. Your team is supposed to be there. My, the social worker that was on my team, she filed for my disability before I went into the hospital. And when I got into the hospital, my disability went through because she predated it for the doctor to sign it. Smart. Wow. I was on disability from my job when I was in the on the table getting surgery. For, for already automatically where the social workers and the doctor, they hooked up together. Right. So who yeah. wants to think about that? I'm trying to figure out how the fuck I'm going to survive and deal with this treatment, but then I got the insurance company on my back or my worried about money. And it's like, yo, what's the, what's the, what's the lesson to evils? Like, right. y'all take care That's of that shit on the back end. Why do I have to worry about you know, we gotta wait till we get the the notes. And the once approval. That's a, once that's approved. Yeah, but you gotta have a team. You gotta have a social worker. That that your oncology team is the one that does the work. And don't don't let them tell you they don't have one. Because right, that's what I get paid the big bucks for. They all have them. And that you know, on, 
biology team is supposed to be the one to have that letter given to the folks if you got to be out for so many days and you get paid because you're on your back. Mm-hmm. You know what was so crazy? My mother-in-law, she had, they had diagnosed her um, with cancer, but she was fighting an infection from um, her surgery. So the doctor told us due to her insurance, because I know you had mentioned about the port, they wanted to put a port in there so they can start treating her. But because of her insurance, they wouldn't cover them giving her the port while she was already in the hospital. So this woman was already sick and suffering from the infection. They discharged her so that they can readmit her so that they can put the port in. And this was all for insurance purposes. And I'm like, yo, who the fuck does that? No way. Who the fuck does that? And that was the team trying to explain what would be better for her because they said if they went ahead and put the port in, then you're going to get a bill from the doctor's office. So then she submitted the bill to to the the insurance company. Exactly. I'm like, well, shit. You might as well add that on the stack of the bills I'm not fucking paying. You have to come up with it because that's a lawsuit. That's how it is that I be. When people be calling me and they're like super Mm -hmm. ill and stuff like that, I'm like, let me tell you something. Worry about your health. Who cares about this bill? It Mm -hmm. is that you tax me up. Rack, rack it up 10 grand 15 grand is more about your health than anything if it is right. that you're going I that like if it is that they're not approving it your insurance company rack me up how much that cost 50 bands do, do that and Go this ahead. is what we're talking about right here this has to do with this election mm-hmm. this election that we're having is the most important election that we will ever have in our lifetime in your lifetime in sophie's lifetime in our lifetime people my age because you have to vote you have to get people out and vote your age why because this is this health care of, of that obamacare that they're talking about pre-existing yeah diseases all this stuff for care this is all under obamacare his name that's what it's all about Mm-hmm. They don't like it because it's under his name. It's important that people get out and vote because all these things that we talk about with the insurance companies, mm-hmm. the health system, the way it is, all of this it has to do with this election. Right, right. Down to your zip code. They're judging you. They're judging you. That's and it. it. And, and, and if, you know, if young people don't realize that, in a couple of years, when they have to go into an emergency and they see they can't get treated, and they they put a bandaid on whatever they got and kick them out the door, and they go, oh, what happened? And then you go up north to Canada, and they get free health care. Yeah. Why? Because all the people stuck together and voted for it. Yeah. 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 They keep saying, oh, people in Canada get free. Yes, because the people voted. They mm-hmm. voted for health services. Yeah. This country here don't stick together to vote for anything. Hell no. Especially during COVID too. It's like, listen. And it's important that we, we all coming together now because we realize what's in jeopardy. We see right. with these people. But what I think is so dope, the younger generation is not with the shit. Mm-mm. Well, I hope not. 
I hope I'm, not. I'm sure for hell not. And I hope, I hope they get out there and vote because it can't be just on us, our generation. Because I know I was in the street. She would be with, used to be with me. Marching <laughs> the street. I had her walking the streets and marching and everything. Mm -hmm. Okay? When I was back in the days, her and her mother, all of us, we were in the streets. So we getting old and broken up now. We can't get out there as much as your term. That's why I said, you see these Black Lives Matter? I wish I couldn't walk out there with them. I said to that, I said to my daughter, I said, oh, my legs ain't gonna make it. But I <laughs> wish I could get out there with them because that's my, that was right up my alley. Right. Right up my alley. I, I really praise them for being out there fighting for their causes. Right. And then Absolutely. you see what's going on in Nigeria. Where I think it's called SARS. Yeah. <laughs> They're pulling people over because you dress nice. Like, I don't know what the hell is in the Kool-Aid that these niggas is drinking, but it seems like <laughs> everybody lost their mind. Like, it, things that are happening now, I know our grandparents are looking like, what the hell? At any given time, you could have put me in a time machine, right? Flip me around a couple times and drop me off right now, today. Yeah. And you'd be like, what year is this? I would never say 2020. Mm -mm. We thought we were going to be flying in cars. Yeah. I, I, I thought we were we about to be the Jets in life. I thought, right? Yeah. <laughs> in 2019, we kept saying, I can't wait for 2020. 2020, oh, I'm done with 2020. I'm scared of 2021. 2020, yeah. kiss my ass, okay? And <laughs> Don't be scared. And let me tell you this. And let me tell you this. From September 10th, my life literally has not saying went upside down because the, the good thing about it, even though I do let it sit, I have an all girl ministry all summer. I've been ministering to nine little girls from the age of 13 to 16. Okay. And when I was diagnosed, the first thing I thought of not only was my family, but those nine little girls. Okay. That look forward mm -hmm. to meeting up with me every Saturday. And I was like, listen, I have no choice but to fight. And it's important for us to go to the doctor regularly, even if nothing is wrong. Because the thing with cancer is once it gets into the margin cells, it can multiply. Well, and that's how you get to certain stages because you can't remove, yes, if you can remove my pre-cancer you Give you some bracket testing genetic record testing to see yeah. whether or not, you know, how your margins are, because you could go back from your mother's side, father, sorry, Sophie, and your father's side, and you could see who in the family, and this way they will be prepared. They will prepare yes. you. And because yeah. cancer is so high, especially on my father's side, pretty well, much everybody, has, everybody that pretty much passed cancer. away, passed away from cancer. Okay, but well, were you aware that it might affect you before? No, I was just getting my yearly pap smear. I never did the three year, you know, I always got a yearly pap smear because my mom was always in the um, medical field. So she always made me go to the doctor just regularly. You yeah, know? but you never thought it would be me. Mm -hmm. I mean, the last thing that I, the day that I was diagnosed, she was only supposed to tell me um, okay, Keilani, your cervix is healed. I mean, if you want to use a tampon or, you know, or do or be sexually active, you can go. That was the, the doctor's appointment, you know, 
that I was waiting to hear. She just had to see my cervix. Okay, you're good. She did tell me everything was good as far as my cervix healing properly. But she was like, but we found something. And then that something is just like the whole room kind of went silent, you know, in a, in a sense. And I asked her, what's the number to the doctor? And I immediately called within like seconds that she said the word cancer. I didn't wait not even a full minute before I called because I was like, I'm too young for this. Like, I'd be damned. Like, I was like, no, I'd be damned. No. What is it? You know, the thing also, Kaylon, is that people can't front on their family history. And we do a lot of that, just doctors in general. And they'd be like, do you drink? You know you're in there. You don't be lying. <laughs> lying. <laughs> no, I don't. No, it isn't. Don't be lying. They was like, no, 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 don't do that because then they're going to put you in the program. They will see it. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's certain things. Like, you, mm-hmm. you just tell him that you don't drink and you're taking the piss mm-hmm. test here. He going to know right. that you're fat, okay? Because you drank the night before the, the appointment. Right. But people don't say that about their family history, and that's very important. Like, don't front. For for what reason? They need I went there. Yeah. You got to go down from your grandmother. Possibly, accordingly, like, hold on, my great, 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 great. Yeah, she had this. And this, uh, the, the father to the next side, to the side had, you have to have that. Or you, it just needs to feel comfortable. It's got to be in your records. It's got to be in your records. It has to be in your records. Exactly. It has to be written in the notes. But then they won't know unless you tell them. Right. You have. They can't help you and they can't treat you if you're lying. And I didn't get that that comfortability with your doctor. Like she said, your team. You have to be able to be comfortable enough for him. Like hell yeah, I just got high. Yeah. Uh huh. I do this. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like certain people. They'd be like, you know, I don't want to tell him or her that. Yeah, you need right. to. Yeah. So then what happens when your ass fall out and then you don't right. know what to do? You should have said right. something. And I never mentioned cancer <laughs> until I literally was seeing my oncologist, my cancer doctor. Um, and then you have to talk about your history. Like, is it any history? They wanted mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, you had any, you know, pregnancies, if you had any miscarriages, if you had any, you know, abortions, Abortion. if you had, you know, they want to talk Stuff about Stuff that everything. you don't want to really talk about that you kind of put in yeah. the back seat, now you got to be real. They go into depth. Now, they start from your father's side. Is there anybody that you remember from your father's side that had cancer? Is anybody you remember from your mother's side? So I had to, you know, mention all of my family members that was diagnosed with any sort, any sort of cancer. So now they have to watch me, you know, monitor me in general with everything you know but typically as far as with my pap smears i have to get it more often just had this conversation not too long ago as far as like my mother and she's saying stuff about with her breasts and she's like you know if i tell them this they're going to want to do extra tests and x y and z they need to they should absolutely let them do extra tests you have a background of whatever yeah let them do all the tests it is that they need to do this is this is your background history don't be scared mm-hmm. And, you know, and a lot of women go through this in silence because they like, I don't want to talk about it. Or I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to be parents told them to go through it in silence. Mm-hmm. I remember conversations when a woman died in the church where my mother was. They had a conversation. Oh, you know she died of that. What is that? Mm-hmm. Don't nobody want to say. Mom, what is that they're talking about? She cancer. Whispering it to me. And so why did you just say it? Oh, well, you know, 
We don't talk like that about it. Right. And then the ignorance behind that is what hurts your family at the end of the day. Like, say, for instance, you have children. If you decided to go through that in silence, how do you think that'll make your kids feel? Well, all of a sudden, now it it got to the point where there is no turning back. Like, we're at the end. It's like, you know, I understand that, you you know, a lot of parents don't want to put any burden on their children, but we can't help you if we don't know. Mm-hmm. No, they can't. They you can't help them, and they can't help you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you took them to the hospital, the doctor in emergency, the doctor's going to ask you, well, "Is there any history of certain things?" Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to talk for your parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They lying there. They can't talk there for themselves. Right. You got to be able to say what's in your your mother's family and what they have. Exactly. Right. And I used to work in the funeral home. Some people do it. They say, I don't know she had that. I don't know she had that. Maybe you don't know. Right. Like I used to work in a funeral home and like say their mother would die from a disease or whatever. And, you know, at that time you're vulnerable. So you, you talk. So I can't tell you how many families that I've spoken to who've gone through the same thing. I didn't even know mama was sick. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And then, like, even as, as far as filling out a death certificate, they can't tell me certain things because they never discussed it with their parents. Like, you may know your grandfather as, oh, as Uncle Gene, for instance, or Grandpa Gene, not knowing his name was fucking Thaddeus Jones or some shit. So they right. ask him what your grandfather yeah, right. name is. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's Papa Gene. No, what's his real name? Papa Gene on his, his right. What is his real name? Does he have a middle name, ma'am? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, exactly. So you know, we gotta have some type of open communication with each other, no matter what. Even though it's hard to talk about it, we gotta know. Even if you have a family for older generation, it's important to have a notebook and just write that down, because a lot of times. You know, God forbid, like with COVID going on right now. Mm-hmm. It's people that's mm-hmm. losing multiple family members and, and the elder, you know, of their family. So, you know, the elder, they know everything. Right. They but know, you even get to they have know that Susie ain't really your cousin. Yes, and, but you didn't even get to have that conversation <laughs> with them. So now when they, you know, trying to fill out just for the, you know, for COVID or something like that, it's like, okay, right. it could have been other things that, you know. Right. Everybody thought that that was your daddy. Everybody knew that wasn't your daddy. You found out when your ass needed fucking bone marrow and the, and the blood didn't match. Right. Somebody got some explaining to do. Shit. Titty, 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 Right. And you're like, Mom, why you didn't tell me? It's like, listen, that was a long time ago. Your father has changed. <laughs> he told me he's going to be there either way. Mm-hmm. So he we didn't have to talk about so it. We, we talked about it and we that worked through daddy. it. Because so who's going to give me this bone marrow, though? <laughs> your cousin. Your real daddy died when you was a baby. Or the oh, uncle that shit, you thought really? was an uncle. And then the whole story come out. And you'd be like, oh, damn he it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You always thought that was your mother. That was your sister. And that was really your mother. This sounds sound like, like a Tyler Perry movie right there. Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the, got Medea Funk all <laughs> over it. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. You got any any last remarks, 
Miss Nelly, anything you want to let these young ladies know out here? Yes, keep your mind at peace, meditate, relax, and just be serious when it comes to your health. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking your time to, you know, share some jewels with us and tell us your story. We definitely appreciate, it, you know, you sharing this precious information with us, um, enlighten people for that, that don't really know that men can also get breast cancer as well. Mm -hmm. So couples that's listening to us, go to the doctor together. Mm -hmm. Not just for the HIV test. Yes, not just the HIV or don't be those, be that person like, you know, I'm going to let my girl go to the doctor because if, if, she, ain't got if it, she ain't got none, I ain't then got I ain't got none. But that's not always true. You better tell your side bitch she got to go to the doctor too. Everybody <laughs> need to go to the doctor. We're going to go together. Three Bring her ass too. Just let her go later in the day. Like but, sister wives. We all going together. Yeah. Listen, I booked your appointment at 3 o'clock. We go in at 11. But listen, I tell you Yep. You got anything for us, Sophie? I ain't got nothing. I ain't got a dag on thing besides you vote on and vote that thing. Right. Go ahead and vote. And yeah, not come on. And, and please listen, black community, it is. Leave Kanye West out of this, son. He's just splitting the votes. <laughs> we gonna leave. We need to leave Kanye kind of like the amount of votes it is that he had in one state. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's, it's a, a joke. Vote. It's Speaking all a joke. Speaking of voting, for everybody that's in different states, I don't care where you at, look up the people that are on the ballots. Because if you are circling one person at the top and they are still affiliated with Trump, guess what? You still voted for Trump. That's if you write at the bottom of the ballot a name, that, that's a waste. Do not do that. Do not do that, y'all. Listen, make sure you educate yourself. You know who your name in the book the way you always sign your name because they're trying to make believe that you got a different signature in the Absolutely. Yes. And they're not telling people, listen, you have to look into people that are running even for Senate, for, you know, judges, councilmen. councilmen. You have to know who is supporting you, especially for your district. Know the district number that you are in, especially if you're in New York City. Plan your vote. The exactly. deadline for mailing is October 20, what, 27. And right now the polls are open. You can walk in to any voting. Do the early uh, voting. And, uh, and, okay. and vote. And, or you could call your 311 and they'll okay. tell you where the closest place for you to go to the vote. Because voting is going on right now in New York. Every yes. day. A lot of states. Every day. A lot yeah. of states. A lot of states they're voting. You know, voting. Your, your, the leader woman voters call that or call uh, your your um, information to find out which one is close by you so that you can uh, your zip code so that you can be able to go and vote there and stuff so make sure you do that right because even your favorite shows a lot it's a lot of states it is that i've seen it it was going down in georgia and it was like people were passing out they were like online for six hours yeah that deter you from what it is that you you can sit at a job that you hate every day for eight to ten hours you can go ahead and sit out there and wait for vote i got a now i'm gonna bring my folding chair i'm gonna put some inside my bag and a little water and i'm gonna hang out and mm -hmm. I'm going to vote.
Right. I ain't got shit else to do. So go it. ahead and cast my vote. <laughs> don't let that deter you. Yeah. Don't see the line and be like, all right, you know, fuck it. I ain't going to do it. No. Get your ass on that line. You can wait Pop for them sneakers. If you get online for some sneakers, if you get online for a concert, if you can wait. Listen, I am a person that I'm a diehard Beyonce fan. I waited by myself in the line to see Beyonce for either seven or eight hours. And the eighth hour, it fucking rained, poured down raining, okay? I was drenched. Still made it to the front, okay? So if I get into the front, I could get my ass to vote. Right, and it's no reason not to educate yourself because even your favorite shows before they start in the middle of a commercial break. They made it so easy for us this time to vote. They made it where you can vote early, Mm-hmm. And, I, and if you don't want to wait in line, vote early. But you gotta yeah. vote early. If you don't want to wait in line, you can send it in the mail. You they even send sending the you. Mail. Yes, you they're sending your ballots in the mail for you. Where you go to leave voter registration, you can vote there, or you can go yeah. uh, find out where the ballot offices are, where you can submit your ballot, and you go and vote there. See, the easiest thing to do with that registration, if you're not a criminal or any other weird things have happened to you, when you go to get your license or you go to get your state ID, you can register right there. Yeah, I'm going ahead of time. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, they don't want to on Instagram at the top. And I don't know how November weather is going to be. I don't want to be out there if it's bad weather. So I'm going ahead of time to vote. Right, yeah. right. They even I'm have it on on social handles, you know. Instagram Every time you now, log on Instagram, when you log Facebook? on Instagram, Facebook, you know, you can look up to see where you can um vote, uh-huh. and you know, you can look up your information, registration you can look date, up registration date, as you know, regarding your state. Mm-hmm. So it's no excuse. It's no excuse because if you do not vote, guess what? You voted for Trump. Right. You just gave your vote. You up. just gave your vote up. And felons, now, if you're listening, you can vote as well. So it is no excuse for nobody. Mm-hmm. Vote like your life depended on it, my sister said. That's right. Exactly. That's like your life depended on she it. She ain't lying. Yes. Like I like to, because all these things we talked about with health and government and everything, my father used to say to me, I used to say one time, oh, I don't want to be involved with all that governmental stuff. Mm-hmm. You go in the bank? I said, yeah. He said, you go online? I said, yeah. He said, you go and cash a check? I said, yeah. He said, you in government. You involved. (laughs) You in government. You go Uh to the store? You buy something? How much the tax they take out? You in government. Shoot. I remember in New York when I would um, get my check. And that was back in the day before you got the direct deposit. You got the actual paper check. And I used to see, I paid taxes to live in a borough. Yeah. And I slept on a couch and I'm paying taxes, sleep on somebody's couch in a borough. That's right. So like you in it, whether you want to be or not. Or not. And people don't get it. They just nope. don't get it. Mm-mm. They don't get it. Nope. A lot of people don't get it. Some do. A lot of young people today are proud of them. They do get it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, they're really proud, proud of being ignorant is the problem. But like she said about Kanye West, don't fall for the gap. The, the, right. They call it. Please, we not the propaganda. Please. Don't fall. They, they paid him for that. They paid him for that bullshit. They paid him free, 
free stay in Trump Towers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, everybody. Okay. Um, we thank y'all for rocking with us. Thank you very and much. My, thank you thank so, you so much, much John Nelly. Thank you. And I just got one last thing. What is it? Is it titties? Titties, 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 titties. 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 <laughs> and we will see y'all next week on another episode of Let Us Sip. Thank you for listening to Let Us Sip. Please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. And if you like what you heard, leave us a comment. If you feel like we can do better, leave us a comment too. But be respectful. We read everything and only want to grow. So thanks again for your love and support, and we will see you next week.